Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, it's 20 past midnight in Glasgow and Matt is still inside the arena because tennis is doing what it tends to do every now and again. And it is carrying on well after midnight, uh, albeit uh, Coco Golf and Katie McNally do appear to have got the uh, the memo of wrapping things up sh- sharpish. Their opponents aren't too pleased about that because they're in a deciding rubber and desperate to bring victory to Poland. But uh, Coco Goff and Katie McNally are flying at the moment as we talk to you right now, Matt Roberts and myself. Matt, I mean, first of all, when did you walk into the stadium for the first time today? Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, 9.30 a.m. I was here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that means that you've been there for how long? 15 hours, is that? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Too long. Good. Healthy shift. Mm. Still here. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but what that does mean, folks, is that day two of the Billie Jean King Cup finals by Gainbridge have been pretty dramatic today and uh, my goodness matt has had three deciding set tie breaks to to cover today haven't you and i mean that that's why it's ended up well after midnight i mean you know there's they're, they're starting early enough they're starting at 10 in the morning <laughs> but there's there's still uh drama late on because of of that really surprising set of circumstances yes it's that classic tennis thing where the better the matches are and the more dramatic the matches are the later everything ends up becoming and the more absurd it ends up feeling uh when you've got six matches on one court during a day it is it is simply too many we know this tennis we really do know this we've had lots of examples of it in the past we had it just a couple of weeks ago in paris when they ended up finishing at 3 a.m with six matches scheduled on one court. Uh, But 
Yes. So the absurd elements aside, it has been a really good day of actual tennis. And as you said, three deciding set tie breaks. And as you will know, as listeners to this podcast will know, my rule is that I have to be there for a deciding set tie break. So I had three of them today, which was great. And they were all exciting. They were all dramatic. And I enjoyed them a lot. But yeah, tennis be tennising. Yeah. Did you actually go and sort of seek out the final set tiebreak. I've got this image of you just sort of interrupting a press conference and saying to somebody at the top table, sorry, I've just discovered that there's a final set tiebreak going on. I'll I'll see you tomorrow. I've got to go. I really wish it were like that. I mean it's 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 not totally unlike that. There was there was one that I was covering anyway, so I was there and then the other two, yeah, once I saw that it was reaching a final set tiebreak, I headed over to the court and you know I didn't have to interrupt a conversation with a tennis player but I did leave what I was doing and go out to the court because you know there must see moments yeah they, they are and actually I mean look we'll, we'll, we'll start with Switzerland against Italy which <laughs> took place many 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 hours ago um, and and actually was won by Switzerland 3-0 which is making me feel pretty good about my prediction now suddenly Matt um, you know this is Pretty pretty promising from a Swiss point of view. Obviously, you've got history with the Swiss team. Heinz Guntart led and Jill Teichmann piping up <laughs> mid-answer of somebody else and Belinda Bencic getting irritable and, and, and Matt's just sort of generally probing and prodding and trying to get them to talk and successfully so. We, so we've got, we've got all that from last year's final and it also, you know, there was another instalment a couple of days ago in the preview press conferences. So this was 3-0 for, for Switzerland against Italy and yet that does not tell the story, does it? Because Jill Teichmann today, she had a, her work cut out. She got the win. But goodness me, she was put through it. Absolutely. 3-0, but all the matches had some really tough moments. And in particular, the first one between Jill Teichman and Elisabetta Cocciaretto, whose name I have enjoyed saying today. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I've enjoyed saying it nonetheless. <laughs> My my rule on these things, Matt, is just do it in an accent and do it with a bit of th theatre. <laughs> Go for it. And... You can, uh, like most Brits tend to, and you can maybe get away with it. Well, that was a really interesting match. And actually, it was extremely dramatic. And it sort of was really important, I think, because had, had Italy ended up winning it, it could have got even more complicated for Switzerland. But in, in the end, Teichmann won and sort of set the team on their way. But I was writing a match report for this, and it was one of those where I had to have lots of different versions on the go because you just had no idea who was going to win it right up until literally the last point. Both players had match points. Both players probably felt like they could have, should have won it. Um, Teichmann was up a set and 4-2, looking like she was going to come, you know, come through pretty straightforwardly. And then Cocciaretto upped her game, stepped in, Someone I've not actually seen play that much before. She's she's 65 in the world. She's had a pretty good season, um, pretty young, was on the verge of breaking into the top 100 a couple of years ago before having to have a knee surgery. So she's young but already been through injuries. But she's got a nice game, especially for indoors. Takes the ball early. And she really rattled Teichmann there at the end of that second set, start of the third set. 
And then Teichman, yeah, had to save a match point, got the third set back on track. Then Teichman served for it. She choked when she served for it with a few double faults. And it ended up in a deciding set tie break. And it was nervy and edgy. But Teichman is a player I really like watching. She's uh, got a lot of lot of variety in her game. She's capable of winning points in lots of different ways. And she really relied on her defensive skills in that in that final set tiebreak. One absolutely remarkable defensive point to, to bring up the match points. And uh, she eventually got over the line. But it was extremely, extremely stressful. But uh, a great watch. And, and long. I mean, this was, you know, best. Oh, yeah, three hours. Crikey. Mm. That is... That is a long yeah. match, isn't it? And so after that, Belinda Bencic came out and she beat Jasmine Paolini, who's a player I quite enjoy watching. Seven, five, six, three, two close sets there. Um, and then Bencic and, and Teitman then won the doubles. And then obviously that couldn't be the end of things because then we had to send Matt in to go and speak to them because it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a routine now, isn't it? Yes. I'm worried that I'm just becoming really predictable and, the only people I speak to are the Swiss team. <laughs> but they're good value. Absolutely right. Well, they are good value. And actually, look, the last time that we heard from them was was sounding pretty bullish and, and up for it before the event. Uh, the, the, the one previous to that, oh dear, faces like thunder and grouchy. I wonder what they were like after a 3-0 win. Let's hear Matt talking to Jill Teitman and Belinda Bencic. Can you talk a bit more about the experience of preparing for your match while also following Jill's match. I imagine that was yeah. Well, it's like stressful. jumping in front of the TV. You are like trying to warm up, but then you are like trying to pray for for the tie break for Jill. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like um, I wake up, you know, during the match because you, I'm pushing like every point with her, and even when I'm on the bench, um, I'm kind of like cheering. And some people say it takes energy away from them, but for me, it's like it's waking me up. It's like kind of like making me aggressive in a way. <laughs> oh, aggressive! <laughs> Is it more stressful to? watch a match like that or play a match like that Uh, yeah watch because you're so like helpless like when you play you can you have it in your own hands like you you fuck it up yourself or you don't or you don't but uh, like this you're just like oh my god i hope she does this but like i hope she wins what can i do for her i can't do anything is that your experience as well jill that you'd rather play a tight match like that rather than have to watch one yeah definitely even i feel maybe a little bit more in my my legs (laughs) later but um from other experiences i know it's much better to to play than to watch just on the doubles um heinz has spoken about the importance of doubles in this competition other teams maybe have more specialist doubles teams or players but you've obviously got we a lot also of have specialists well quite <laughs> um so how do you feel like you two are playing together as a doubles team what are your strengths as a team well, we're both very aggressive. I think our our game is very aggressive. We serve good. Um, Belinda helps me a lot, so I can volley. And I think the other way around, we do the same. <laughs> so um, we feel good. We've played on the WTA as well last year. Uh, worked good from the beginning, honestly, as well. We played last year. The the very important point against Czech Republic. So we've showed it many times now that we can do it. So I think we're a very strong team. I feel the same because uh, we don't have like two specialists that don't play single that just play doubles, but we have three of us that 
are rotating basically exactly. like everyone can play with everyone and we do that in the WTA tour also sometimes and and I feel good with Jill I feel good with Vicky um, Vicky feels good with Jill with me so it's I think it's also tricky for the others to know who will play and um yeah, I, I feel definitely Jill um, is definitely a, a double player too, so she can she definitely reads it and she knows how to play. You're unbeaten, aren't you, in, in doubles in this competition? Sorry? You're still unbeaten in doubles in Billie yeah. Jean King Cup. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and singers once, I think. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played that many times, I think, yet, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I mentioned it before in the press conference as well, like, it's completely different uh, feeling that to play for others as well, not only yourself and and doubles. It's even more because you have someone else on the on your side, so it's super nice, really. Well, you've got a very different Belinda Benchish and Jill Timon today than what we've been used to, Matt. Uh, I mean, that if anything tells our listeners what the mood of a tennis player, right? And I think, frankly, any athlete is like after a win versus a defeat or a, a, a really traumatizing defeat like they suffered in the, the final of the Billie Jean King Cup last year. That is it, isn't it? That, that, that sums up the mood. Yeah, totally. They were in such a great mood. Obviously, keen observers will note that Heinz Gunthardt was not there. Um, he was actually absent from the press conference because he'd forgotten. And uh, he'd already gone back to the hotel. <laughs> um, but uh, Sandra, the very helpful press officer of the Swiss team, got me some quotes from him on WhatsApp voice notes. But yeah, in the in the actual press conference, it was just uh, Jill Teichman and Belinda Bengcic. And the reason I sort of asked about the nerves while watching that that Jill Teichman match was because Heinz Gunthardt said that he was a 9.5 out of 10 on the stress scale while that match was going on. And you could tell on the sidelines, he, he really gets involved. He's jumping out of his chair. He, he was very uptight during it. And I think because, you know, these matches come down to one or two points. And I feel like the people on the bench think that they can have an influence of maybe one or two points if they bring the energy at the right sort of time. So... It's it's tiring for both the player playing, but also for the for the team as a whole to be engaged in a match for that long. Um, and then I thought what they were saying about the doubles was was really interesting because there are other teams here who know absolutely what their doubles team is because they have a specialist doubles player. Switzerland don't really have that. Teichmann is you know a pretty experienced doubles player, and you would probably think that partnering her with Bengtich, their best player makes the most sense. But of course, Bengtschik's partnered Goljevic at the Olympics last year and got a silver medal there. So they've got some history as well. But I think it was pretty noteworthy that he sent Teichmann and Bengtschik back out today after their pretty tough singles matches because he sees them as their best team, I think. And they combine well together. They complement each other well. And I think he just wanted them to have more time on, on court together to gel. And the fact that they did meant that, yeah, they were in a really good mood in the press conference, which, as you said, mm. was a nice change. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Matt's had his fair share of uh, angst with the, uh, with the Swiss team, although it was massively enjoyable for us <laughs> listening to it. certainly was for me. Um, so that means now we have Switzerland against Canada 
as the uh, as as their next match for Switzerland and Italy as well. Is it does that mean Canada play tomorrow? Yeah, Canada play Italy tomorrow morning, and then Switzerland play Canada in what we expect will be the group decider on Friday morning. Mm, and to remind, Canada have Bianca Andreescu. Uh, and Leila Fernandez. So, I mean, that is a really mouth-watering mm. prospect. I mean, to be honest with you, I I went for Switzerland off the back of that press conference as much as anything, that preview press conference, where I just got the sense that they would do anything to win. Uh, there was I'm, everybody's motivated at this at this event. We, I'm just looking at scenes of um, Kathy Rinaldi, the US captain, high fiving Danielle Collins, who'd won the first rubber in the uh, the US Poland match, and that was a deciding set tiebreak for Daniel Collins. But <laughs> a very different story for Coco Goff and Katie McNally, who was a late call up. Of course, I mean they they've won in about forty minutes. Um, very, very straightforwardly in the doubles to, to seal their their victory. I honestly didn't think Coco Goff could go up in my estimations any higher than she already was, and yet winning in forty five minutes when we needed a quick match. Big <laughs> fan of that, Coco Goff. Thank you. Uh, that was me thinking your comments were going to be talking about how she'd made this trip <laughs> over after going zero oh, nine at the WTA too. finals. <laughs> Um, you know, and and still kept the promise of playing and still being... I mean, earlier on in this tie, she was pounding with her palm on a drum, mm. a little toy drum on the side of the court, all the way through these epic matches. Yes, she she totally didn't look ready to play today. As you said, she was, she was playing a drum on the sidelines, doing it very well. And then there was a very late change of nomination because Taylor Townsend was originally named in the doubles uh, with Katie McNally, uh, but they brought Coco Goff in and my goodness, it has worked. You know, that's emphatic. That's, that's a bit of a statement actually, because that could have been awkward. Yeah. Particularly after Madison Keys lost to Magdalene. I mean, that, that was a poor loss for her. I mean, fair play to Magdalene, who, who plays solid tennis. Tricky tennis. And she just, yeah, she just let Keys beat herself the way we've seen keys beat herself so often over the last 10 years i mean the, this coming up and i do kind of wonder what i mean daniel collins is too good a, a teammate to, to to think this probably this is this is me non-athlete and non-teammate talk here but when you've just fought your heart out for seven six in the third to get yourself one up it, I don't know how she doesn't get irritable about Keys throwing in a performance like that. Yeah, fifty-five unforced errors, I think, from Keys. It was, it was not good. And I think the most disappointing element was that final set. You know, where she'd she'd got herself back in the match and then just played a really horrible final set to lose it. And you have to wonder now with Goff having had a bit of court time whether we'll see keys again in singles, you know, because mm. the US play uh, their next match on Friday night against against the Czech Republic. And you would think maybe that Goff and, and Collins will play the singles there. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. I mean, I don't think Catherine Rinaldi, having seen what she's seen today, can really trust mm. Coco Goff. 
sorry, to, to, to really trust Madison Keys over Coco Goff as a competitor. I mean, yes, you would look at the last week or so of, of Goff's fatigue, seemingly, but she looks a different player at the moment. She looks happy on that doubles court. She's been messing around with Casey McNally, making jokes, and two young women who part of a team. You know, she, Goff seems to really adapt well to a team environment. I think it suits her, and, and I think it's great for her that, that she's been there. But, yeah, I think she's, you know, some players elevate their level. We've talked about that before in the in this tournament, in this competition, and I think she, Goff is one that I would expect to do exactly that and crawl that 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 is a match a tie for big characters mm. isn't it for people that have got something about them and, and look I, I know i probably sound really hard on madison keys off the back of one performance here but i did find that disappointing i thought i thought i felt she played very loose tennis and sometimes she she does sometimes she can look absolutely irresistible on the court but i thought that was poor um, Czech Republic. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to that now. That's a, that's a heck of a match. Um, and, and, so does and that mean? I was just going to say we had the news first thing this morning that Barbora Krejcikova is out right. with a with a hand injury. Now, you know there may well be a hand injury. I suspect there's probably also just some general fatigue there as well. Very understandably. Mm. Uh, so that you know that weakens Czech Republic. Obviously, both in singles and doubles. Really, you know, I would have expected her in an ideal world to play both uh so that's it's gonna be a you know obviously Czech Republic have still got a lot of options in their team Pliskova's here Ondrosheva's here and uh, Mukova you know they can all they can all play singles but I do think Krejcikova being out knocks them and with Goff partnering Katie McNally today the return of Mukoko for the first time I think since March or April of this year. I think they played Indian Wells and Miami, but haven't played together since then. The US have got a ready-made doubles team there if they're going to use them in a way that the Czechs don't with Krejcikova being out. And, you know, little little things like that can make a big difference, I think, in a tie. Absolutely right. Um, so that one's on Friday. That means that Czech Republic against Poland is tomorrow on Thursday, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, still... So much to to look forward to in this uh, in this event. Um, earlier on in the day, we had Slovakia against Belgium. That was two one to Slovakia. That feels to me a bit of an upset, Matt, isn't it? I mean, Victoria Kozmova, obviously, you know, somebody that 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 has potential, <laughs> has ability, has been noted for it by somebody not too far away from this podcast several years ago still time um and she and anna carolina schmidlova well they won their singles matches um but elisa mertens didn't play singles it should be said she did play doubles today i mean crikey what a turnaround that is that she had to come over from winning the doubles in the WTA finals in Fort Worth <laughs> and then she here she is playing the doubles and winning with Kirsten Flipkins today but Yeseline uh, Bonaventure and Marina Zanevska were the singles players for Belgium today, beaten by Kozmova and Schmiedlova. Um So actually, when I look at those on paper, I can, you know, I'm not maybe that surprised that, that, that they didn't win both of their singles, but 
I would have probably picked them to win at least one of them. Yes, I think uh, Bonaventure led the head-to-head with Kuzmova, having won their matches on on tour. Uh, so that was, yeah, I'm going to say it. It was a good win for Kuzmova. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Schmiedlava was definitely the favourite in that one. But Belgium, yeah, but Belgium were basically without their top two singles players because Elise Mertens wasn't in a fit state to play singles, having just arrived. She took three flights to get from Fort Worth. She she flew to Madrid and then to London and then to Glasgow. And I think arrived at, you know, about 10 o'clock last night. Um, she was actually in a in a really good mood. I think she might be in that in that stage of jet lag where she just has absolutely no idea what day it is, how she's feeling, whatever. And I sort of think maybe it's gonna really hit her tomorrow when Actually, I think she's going to be called upon to maybe do a bit more because if Belgium have any chance of beating Australia, you feel like they're going to need Elise Mertens probably to play two matches. Um, but yeah, Slovakia took advantage of the fact that that Belgium was so weakened. However, Slovakia, despite that, are out um, due to a rather sort of complicated element of the rules that they're, that they're set uh, win-loss record is quite bad so that if everything's tied up in the group they will have an in an inferior set record compared to the other teams so Slovakia are out and um, it's it's either Australia or, or Belgium who are going to come through that group. Is that a, a, sh- a straight shootout between Australia and Belgium or does that end or would that end up coming down to sets and whatever's as well? I'm not sure. I think that if Australia win, they're definitely through. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I think there might be a scenario where Belgium win 2-1 and Australia can still go through. Yeah, I think that probably is the case because it's usually it's usually when two teams uh, are on the same... I'm talking myself into a cul-de-sac <laughs> here. I don't know. They're all... Um, <laughs> We'll find out, folks. For tomorrow, we'll find <laughs> out what's going to happen <laughs> and uh, and what the scenarios are. But anyway, it's late. What can we say? It's late. <laughs> and we're talking about round robin, which is not my favorite thing to be talking about. As soon enough, it'll be knockout, and then I'll be in a comfortable zone. Um, I, I, I am quite impressed, Matt, about how you have avoided going into any Victoria Kosmova press conferences and sort of showing any sort of bias, which uh, which would be quite easy, an assumption to jump to, to jump to. Correct. I have done that. <laughs> I've been very professional. <laughs> very good. Okay. Let's have a, a look at the uh, the one other tie that was played today. And this was this was a big one on a number of different levels because this was Spain beating Kazakhstan 3-0. And Kazakhstan, you may remember beat Great Britain yesterday and that meant that if Kazakhstan had won today Britain are out and and it would have been a dead rubber tomorrow well they didn't win and uh, and actually I mean whilst Spain are a strong team and they've got Paula Badosa and she managed to win today 6-4 in the third against Elena Rabakina the the Wimbledon champion that is a result that can happen you know uh, at any tournament just because Badosa is such a good player I still I still look at that as an upset overall given what we saw yesterday 
Um, and just the fact that Spain feel like they've got one really strong player and, and one maybe not as strong on paper. But boy, did she prove her worth today. I agree with you. I, I think that's quite a big shock. I was expecting Kazakhstan to win. I think I thought Putin Saver would would win her singles and I thought Rabatkina would, would beat Balossa given the conditions, given what Balossa has been like over the last few months. Um, and therefore I thought Kazakhstan would would seal their qualification for the semifinals today. What's ended up happening is that a, th- is that a win for Spain, a 3-0 win for Spain, they, they won both the singles and the doubles, it means that Kazakhstan are out and Spain will, wow. Spain will go through tomorrow with any results other than 3-0 to Britain. I know that for a fact. So if Britain win 2-1, then Spain are through. Um, and obviously, if Spain beat Britain, then, then then Spain will have two wins and they'll be through. But yeah, this was a really, really big deal, I think, for Spain. Uh, started off by Nuria Parizas Diaz, who is someone who has an interesting story because she was told by a doctor that she should never play tennis again because of her shoulder being in such a state. But she defied that advice and is back and kind of better than ever. She's had the best best season of her career, really. And this was one of the best best wins of her career over Putin Saver in in three tight sets. This was one of the deciding set tie breaks that we had today. And it was pretty thrilling. You know, it, it really was. Um, Parithas Diaz hits a very, very flat ball. But at the same time, she's also a bit of a grinder. So... There's a sort of risk element to her game because she doesn't have the the sort of safety built in with the top spin, and yet she's also sort of grinding away. It, it, it's quite an unusual combination, I think, which which does make her quite interesting to watch. Um, and Putin Saver was not happy to have lost in a deciding set tiebreak, as you can imagine. Uh, the racket got got the treatment. I did see the match point mm. deliberately yeah. to see the look on her face and the uh, and the, the handshake and everything. <laughs> Even though I couldn't watch that match live, I sought it out, um, and uh, yeah, it didn't disappoint. <laughs> um, so yeah, very very good win uh, against a, to do that two potent saver in a final set tie mm. break. You must be made of tough stuff. Yeah, totally. I think so. I think she's very mentally strong. Um, and then we had the match that sort of everyone was waiting for, really, between Badosa and Rybakina, you know, the sort of match that you want this competition to have between two of the best players in the world. And I was so impressed with Badosa. It's the best I've seen her play in really quite a while. Uh, she started so well, jumped out, took the first set, and then got pegged back. Rybakina up to game in in the second set and Rebecca was actually up a break in the third set as well playing really well she was she was turning on the power as you would as you would expect her to do but also I felt like really coming up with some nice touches at the net um, which actually was a feature of her Wimbledon title run wasn't it these sort of moments of subtlety that you don't necessarily expect amid all the power but despite all of that Balossa kept persevering, kept going after her shots, didn't 
didn't once really get down on herself. I thought she stayed really positive. I think having the having the team there probably helped her and she deserved to win. She was she was fantastic down the stretch there and uh broke broke the Rebecca serve to win it six four to to stop it going uh to a deciding set tie break. And I was I, I was I was happy for her because she needed she needed a moment and a win like that and it it sets her up to potentially do more in this competition. Well, we'll review the sort of format of this event more as the week goes on. And and I feel, I feel like you're more able to do that in, in some hindsight because you can see it as a whole. But you know I'm not a great round-robin fan as it is. And to hear that Kazakhstan are out already and to know that, you know, if Britain lose the first of a three-rubber tie tomorrow that regardless of whether they've staged a heroic comeback to win they're out as well then that that is problematic to me and and it just always is in round robin um and obviously these are three team groups um i i I am interested to to look back on it and maybe think about whether knockout might be better um when they get into these things and just you know put all of these what is it 12 teams into some sort of I don't know whether you can do a knockout but um yeah well we've got in a couple of weeks time the Davis Cup finals and that is knockout because they've already mm. done the group stage after the US Open they sort of got that out of the way and I think that worked pretty well I think it's it's kind of more acceptable to have a group stage just sort of on its own to then go into the knockout perhaps. And and personally, I agree with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Davis cup finals being straight knockout from the start, you know, knowing where you stand immediately. I think how, how many teams that will work that? better. That That's with eight teams. Eight teams. Right. Which, yeah, that, that makes that element of it more straightforward because mm. they're just quarterfinals, semis and final, aren't they? Um, but anyway, it's something we can continue thinking about. I mean, I look, it's easy to sit and criticize. I don't have all the answers and, but I do want to talk about it. And I think the sport needs to continually talk about it and make tweaks and changes and, and things like that. Um, but at the same time, I am happy that tomorrow's match on paper is live you know, Great Britain do have a chance, as things stand, to beat Spain 3-0 and go through. And so the crowd will turn up to support Britain and there is still a chance. I think that that's quite important for this week in, in Glasgow, that that, is, that that remains a possibility, um, you know, because uh, we want an atmosphere. And I think, I think the atmosphere will build, as, as, particularly as the weekend comes by and there are fewer matches and it doesn't have to go to midnight the way it has today. I know they had quite a few school kids in earlier on today, which from what I'm told for, for matches not involving Great Britain created a bit of atmosphere. And, and, and you just want that young energy, don't you? You just want people that are buzzing to be there. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello tennis podcast listeners, David here. You may know that I'm into my cooking, and I particularly like it when Catherine and Matt come to Solihull for meetings so that I can, you know, show off with my culinary talent. However, even I can do with a bit of help sometimes, and being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is pretty appealing to me, and Home Chef's meals, well, they're effortless. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. It's economical too. Home Chef customers save on average $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com forward slash tennis. That's homechef.com forward slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. homechef.com forward slash tennis and you must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Anyway, some fantastic matches that we certainly have not been shortchanged on the courts in any way um and it'll be fascinating to find out what happens over the next uh, few days just a, a, another couple of uh, things that happened today the uh, the united cup uh, announced its uh, entry list of of teams and uh, and the players that are currently scheduled to appear within those teams because not every player is down to play for instance i i, I saw great britain were on the the list. Uh, Emma Raducanu wasn't one of the players there, um, and you know that that is replicated in some of the other teams. But there are some seriously big names that have been announced as well. Rafael Nadal, who's the Australian Open champion of of twenty twenty two, of course, and the world number one Iga Swiatek, both on the list to appear. Um, and I think the truth is, I think we're all going to have to get to know this new tournament. People not entirely sure yet why teams qualify you know the the rules are there they're, they're they're all written down it's all very clear but we've all got to get to know this new event um and and become familiar with it yeah absolutely so quote venus williams i don't have the bandwidth to be working out why <laughs> canada are not in the united cup when i'm trying to work out whether Kazakhstan are in or out of the Billie Jean King Cup finals. It's it's all too much for my poor, poor brain at one o'clock in the morning. It is. But safe to say, delighted that that event is going yes. to be taking place starting on December the 29th. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm sure we're going to be absolutely engrossed when it does come along. And the, the fact that it is a mixed event it's what we've been crying out for, asking for, pleading for, for, for such a long time. And and they've pulled it up, Tennis Australia. So good for them. And uh, very much looking forward to uh, to following it. Have you got anything else on your agenda? I had one more thing on mine. Another 
another oh, tennis thing that I've noticed over the last 24 hours. Well, I was just about to get into the mascot, so far away, Oh, Matt. okay. Um, mine is David Law versus Riley Apelka on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, he started it. He did. And I think, David, you did what they call ratio him. Did I? Mm. What does that, that mean? Your reply to his tweet got a lot more likes than his initial tweet, which oh, I loved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, I don't, I don't know Riley Apelka. Um, and I actually, in a way, I quite like him in as much as he's not afraid to be different. He's not afraid to raise a few hackles. He, he, I think he's quite I think he's deliberately provocative um, and in a sanitized world within tennis where players are very often corporate tweeting a sponsor with a big smile next to them. Uh, watching somebody as a disruptor who's just prepared to come along and just say kind of outrageous things and not care about the consequences does amuse me. And I do quite like elements of that. But his his tweet mocking, at least I took it to be mocking other, well, put it this way, earlier that day, Coco Goff had tweeted, don't forget to vote, right? Now, I applaud that. She's using her platform to try to get people to vote. Now, obviously, I'm sure she wants people to vote a certain way because who doesn't want people to vote for the one that they want to vote for? Um, but I think voting is good. I think we can all say, regardless of who we vote for, voting is good. Um, he mocked that, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that. So I, I just, I just kind of decided to get involved, and I, I tried. I've tried not to get involved with people anywhere near as much in the last few years as I used to because it's very time-consuming. It is energy-sapping and uh, and usually utterly pointless. <laughs> but I also don't like... I don't like people just throwing their weight around, to be honest, um, without, without being contested. Mm. Yeah, normally I despair and message Catherine and say, oh, God, David's done it again. He's got involved when he shouldn't be getting involved. But this time, I really enjoyed it, David. <laughs> and now, I've, now we've all learned something, folks, about what happens when I, when I do something. <laughs> I now know that Matt messages Catherine. I didn't know well, that before, but now I well, do. Well, Catherine's much more direct than me. She goes straight to you and... Uh, takes you to task david why yeah. are you do why are you messaging riley opelka at 2 a.m <laughs> example she didn't this time because i think she probably likes it <laughs> anyway <laughs> stop talking to the internet david <laughs> yes yeah, so, and I, I have learned in recent years and i have stopped doing it for the most part but uh anyway um <laughs> so that, that's our chat uh about tennis-related subjects for the day. Uh, let's get on to safer ground. Our mascot for this episode is Shady, owned by Jesse Flanders. Shady is a nine-year-old terrier mix rescue. 
He's a graduate of the Arkansas Paws in Prison program, which places sheltered dogs with inmates at correctional facilities for an eight-week period. Professional dog trainers work with the inmate carers to train the dogs. I got shady, uh, says Jesse, when he was four and a half months old and he was fully housebroken, crate trained and had his canine good citizen certificate. I didn't know you could have one of those. Fantastic. Uh, the program makes shelter dogs more adoptable and gives the inmates a marketable skill. And there is Shady standing there on a lovely bit of grass next to a tennis ball. Ah. What a what a belting mascot. Shady's lovely. Doing a little head tilt as though Shady's name has just been called, I think. Yeah. Matt likes a, mm, a dog I do. head tilt. I do. I'm a sucker for a head tilt, especially from Billy Jean, of course. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, well, fantastic uh, to see Shady. Fantastic for all of you to join us here on the Tennis Podcast for the second day of the Billy Jean King Cup finals. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to save shout-outs, folks, till tomorrow because it's too late. It's 1 a.m. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what names are related to tennis at this time of the day, uh, especially without Catherine. What I will tell you is, uh, we've got our own mascots. I've got Darwin. Catherine's got Carter. Uh, we love you all, Darwin, Carter, and the departed Gerald for Matt. Uh, Billy Jean is sponsored by Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss. Chris Albert Lee and Carl Weingartner are ex- are our executive producers. Matt, very quickly, who's playing tomorrow? I should know this, considering that I'm back here in about eight hours' time. Uh, What have we got tomorrow? We've got Australia, Belgium, and Italy, Canada, first up. And then we've got uh, Britain, Spain, and Czech Republic, Poland. Nailed it. You see, he didn't even need to look that up. Even though I've put him on the spot and he wasn't ready for it. But now you know, folks. Uh, if you like tickets uh, to go and watch the action, you can get them. Um, go to the Billie Jean King Cup Finals website or have a look in our show notes. We've got a link there. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, we've got our Q&A shows. We've got Tennis Relived with all our nostalgic shows about great stories from the past. Um, 25 podcasts uh, as a bonus for Friends of the Tennis podcast, we also have competitions whenever we can uh, set them up. We we sent we're sending somebody to Australia off the back of Friends of the Tennis podcast uh, in January, um, and also Friends of the Tennis podcast is the way to support the show so that we can keep on producing as many of these as we do. And we're going to Australia. We're going to be there for three weeks, and we cannot wait. But now we're going to send Matt to bed. Good night, Matt. Good night.